All right, Lee, we're back. We are back. We have a guest today, Mr. Absalon. What's up, guys? Thank you guys for having me today. Thanks for coming on. Welcome, welcome. I know we've uh, had some schedule conflicts and whatnot, so... Uh, yeah, I'm just happy I'm here. We finally Fine. made it happen. Fine. I know we were talking beforehand about the whole background, because I know you and Lee are connected through the... Um, I was going to say the Absalon thing. <laughs> Apostolic. <laughs> Apostolic Assembly. Assembly. Yeah. So you were asking him a question, and you were going to get into it. Yeah. I, was, I was just wondering how you two had oh, met right. or connected. Yeah, that's how. That's what yeah, that was the well, question. I mean, honestly, it, it was just like I guess through like mutual friends. Um, Rudy invite Rudy Villarreal invited me to uh, the SPDYM Ministries with uh, the Assemblies of God or AG, and then Amy worked at a nonprofit where his wife works at. Yeah, uh, um, I forgot the name of it. Uh, Templo Calvario CDC. Yeah, CDC. Templo Calvario. Not CDC, the... the Community, the... What's it called? Centers for Disease. Centers for Disease. disease. Yeah, not that. It's not, not them. <laughs> Wear your mask. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, from there, uh, I did a couple projects for them. For like uh, one of the kids, I guess, uh, he was graduating from high school. He ended up going to Harvard in a full ride. Nice. So I did his story and then uh, did a couple other projects for them, like photography events where they helped out, like the community, like low-income students and stuff like that, like pretty much like business management. So that's pretty dope. And then from there, Amy kind of told me, she's like, oh, a friend's looking for uh, a photographer and a videographer for their for their wedding. And there you go. I made the connection with... Uh, with his wife and with uh, Monica and I, yeah, yeah, and then um, yeah, we just stayed in touch and pretty much we're just connecting. And then it just recently we we went out and take some took some photos in downtown Orange and got, he's got, yeah got some good tacos taco yeah, Tuesday got some, some tacos and whatnot and we did a little bit of a I know Miguel who we've had on before he was doing some he was picking his brain about video stuff. Just because you know he, he's he's done a lot of work in that and he's pretty well uh, established in that yeah. world. So that's yeah. pretty much what you do. You would say, right? You're more yeah. on the video side. Well, of things. yeah, I got my my BA in uh, film production at Chapman University, and then from there, I mean, I'm just been doing a lot of freelance. I love to work with nonprofits, actually. So that's that's one of my. I feel like that's where God has called me to call me to be at. And I love telling people stories. I feel like, you know, I, I'm fortunate, like, you know, to travel, yeah, to go out, you know, go to, you know, different parts of the country. Recently, like last, last year I was in Peru, which was a beautiful experience. I got to, you know, meet a lot of people, but also, you know, capture a lot of like stories. And, you know, we reached around 1. million people, you wow. know, so it was, it was fun. Yeah. You know, so it was a life changing experience. So, um, that was part of was a mission me right yeah missions me missions me yeah so they were you were out there it was more on the evangel uh, evangelizing right yeah. the the folks reaching in, out to the communities helping helping in that spread help, the word yeah pretty much helping them out yeah uh and the ways of like you know bringing clinical resources uh hygiene uh dentists you know and then uh also like food distributions and stuff like that so i think that was you know a great experience. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I was able to see that on your stories and whatnot, and all the places you were going. And yeah, I, I also got to go to the Amazon, so that was that was that was pretty tight. A fun little side trip. Yeah, yeah. You were telling me um, when we were talking to Miguel that you knew a lot of the guys that were running that. Pro- that was the director, right? Yeah. So I think that's that's pretty cool because obviously it's you know the saying that we were told is it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. So how do you how do you meet these individuals? Honestly, it was it was through one of my friends. His name is Neil Johnson. He's a really good uh, video uh, storyteller. He does that for a living. He's also done a lot of stuff for A Twenty One, which is like a big uh, nonprofit where they deal with uh, child trafficking. Uh, oh dang it! I messed up. Where are they? No, it's okay. Where are they located at? They're located now in Texas. Oh, okay. So the, before the offices used to be here in Newport with uh, Christine Kane. She's the operator. And then, but they were given a an office in Gateway by Gateway Church, an office over there in Texas. So they all relocated and brought the whole team over there to Texas. Mm-hmm. So one of my friends actually had to move out over there. So that was pretty hard, huh? Yeah. Why so. is it? Is it because of taxes and there's more freedom <laughs> over there? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, because no, yeah, yeah, through him is the is the way that I um, I got introduced to Missions Me. Okay. So he's the one that got put as the director for the project and well he reached out to me and he's like well i'm looking for a dp to help me uh capture the stories and you know run camera and stuff like that and i was like yeah dude i'm down let me check my uh my schedule it worked out and next thing you know i was off to peru and that's where i got to meet uh a lot of you know really good influence like people that are really like in in the community yeah doing some good work yeah and they're big influencers, not only in Peru, but around the world. So that that was pretty dope. And then, uh, yeah. So let's go back real quick. I know we were kind of skipping ahead. It's okay. When was the first time you picked up a camera when you, when you first figured out, like, this is what I want to do? Honestly. They got you to Peru. They got me to I Peru. I rhymed. You saw that? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me see. It all started back in... Let me say, probably around 2000, I'm trying to figure out when I was in high school. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm 27, so. So for sure, 18, right, would be high school? So middle school. That would be like four, nine, 14 to 18. Yeah. I think I would say 2008, around there. So yeah. started, it all started in middle school. Okay. So in eighth grade, I got appointed to do my... Uh, uh, yearbook like put together like the end of the year video for our eighth grade uh, okay. class and then I was just like non-stop filming 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 and then during that time my grandma gave me a camera like a little Polaroid like <laughs> old school things and well that's pretty much how it all started I mean I kind of like loved the loved just the the texture of the cameras and okay. like the grip of it. And I was like, Oh, this is dope. Like, you know, and I started seeing people like in the newscast or like newscasters and stuff like that, or like just movies. And I was like, how do they put all of this together? So I started like dwelling more into that kind of path, but it was just, there was just this big old thing that my parents were like, Oh, that doesn't allow you to have money or it doesn't allow you to like, you know, have it like a, like settle career because hmm. uh, for them it's like you know the only way that you can make it is by being a doctor or 
or a lawyer or engineer, like, you know, the basic blue collar jobs. So for me, I was like, no, like, I think this is good. But when I ended up going to Chapman, I ended up applying to the, to the business school. So I was doing accounting. Whoa. But at the, before my last year of like actually graduating, I ended up telling my parents, you know what? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) So I reapplied, uh, but it was like a whole like big, uh, what's it called? Dilemma with my parents though. I had to really convince them. I was like, Hey, like, you know, dad, mom, like understand. But they're like, no, no, like finish. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this any longer. So I ended up like convincing my mom first and my mom's the one that convinced my dad <laughs> you to go that way yeah so from there i was like okay well i have the full support but at first like my dad was like not too happy about it because he's like you know i invested so much and like now you're kind of just doing your own thing yeah slapping kind of like slapping in my face yeah but sense. i ended up proving him wrong and then i applied to the film school i got in i finished uh probably like two years ago now and well, I've been good. I mean, it's uh, I've been I've gone to travel. I've gone to go on a couple tours. Uh, I did the Hillsong United tour as well. A couple of their their concerts here in California. So that was fun. Yeah, so. that's cool. Were you when you were going to business school? Were you still filming and whatnot? Yeah, I yeah. was still doing it on the side, and I, I, it never stopped. You know, the passion was there, but I just didn't have like the full support of like you know my family yeah yeah i think that's the hard part about like the create creative side of yeah like of endeavors it's like there's no i think established yeah my parents were just looking out for me yeah you know trying to like i guess find a way of like are you sure you want to do this because you know and i mean i knew i knew the you know the outcomes you know it's not an easy life or and also like if you don't get if you don't make it in the industry it also can be harder Cause like you know you're self-employed and like you know you have like days that are really good in in your season and then there's other days where it's just super dry and you have no job at like there's no work at all right and you're like man how am I gonna pay my bills or how am I gonna do this and honestly I I think during the season during the pandemic I feel like I went through that because I'm like oh man like all my jobs got canceled events are closed and yeah. <laughs> all my weddings where everything. am I gonna go yeah. <laughs> And I was like, how am I going to pay rent or how am I going to make uh, ends meet? Like, but, you know, God was good. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, when you're when you put your trust in him, I feel like God never really like abandons you or because like, honestly, this even though I didn't have many projects, I mean, finances still like started coming in and stuff like that. So it was just like, you know, all God less. Yeah. So, cast, cast your burdens. Yeah. So what would you, how would you describe your, your relationship to your faith? And was that something that your family, you were brought up with your family or something that you decided to take on? Was there like a, a period where you rejected it and then came back to it? What did that look like for you? Uh, well, actually I was born and raised Christian my whole entire life. So when I was born, my dad was already a pastor. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I came from the UPC actually. Uh, what does that sound for? United Pentecostal Church. Got it. So, yeah, I came from there. My dad was a pastor for almost 20 years. So 20 years of my life. <laughs> wow. So basically from zero to 20, or was it prior to your birth? 
Uh, like what ages was he pastoring? So when I was born, he was already oh, okay. In it. So he was already in it. Yeah. Okay. So what I can count, I think, it's like been twenty years. Yeah. That he did solid work. Oh, like, I see. What you're saying okay. That I know of. I mean, I know that he started before. So so twenty years more. that you're aware of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. twenty years on that of I'm your aware life. Of. Yeah. So he doesn't do it anymore. No, he retired. Uh, he uh, he kind of stepped down. Things happen with his health and stuff like that. So he's like, I think it's time for me to step down. Step down and you know just relax and just enjoy church now. What did so. like what what did that look like for you though? Was it something that you accepted, or was it something that you felt like you had to do because your dad was the pastor and it was just part of your culture or your tradition and whatnot? Uh, like how did you how do you understand this idea of like God and religion and whatnot? I felt like I understood God when I. F- first saw that my dad went through uh through a really hard uh like downhill in his health like he uh his he he lost both of his kidneys so it was like you know he was in dialysis for oh, good i guess 18 years of my life so like he from seeing him and still having faith because a lot of people don't make it through through all of that but, you know, seeing him being faithful, praying, you know, still doing uh, God's work and growing the church and, you know, still doing his, like, life groups and stuff like that. I mean, that right there is, like, all, all God. And then at the 18 years when he got his transplant. Wow. So he, he had to wait yeah, that long. He had to wait that long. So the whole time he was being a pastor, he was dealing with yeah. this health. Yep. Until this day, he's still healthy, perfectly fine. That's awesome. Yeah. But I, I feel like him realizing, like, he's like, I think that's kind of the reason why he also stepped down. But now he's dealing with other issues, but, you know, he's still he's still there yeah. working and pushing. Talk about a journey to faith, right? Yeah. So, live by faith for yeah, 18 years. Then what you, not what you see, not by, what you, not by sight. Yeah, that's, that reminds me of, like, the, I forget the verses exactly. I'm bad at this, but, like, come and... and like basically, like suffer with me in a sense. Like carry your cross. Take my yoke. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like I mean it's not because a lot of people time a lot of times people will have faith when times are good, mm-hmm. but then lose it when times are tough, and that's what it sounded like. It, that it it was more that when the times were tough, it got stronger. Yeah. And it, it's that for you was what solidified it, right? Yeah. I mean that's what you saw in your dad. Like no matter what, he was going to have that faith and. I think that's important to yeah. point out. I think that's where I learned to to also be, you know, strong in my faith as well. Because I saw my dad. I mean, like he could have given up many years ago, but you know, he still continued doing God's work. Yeah, so, he could have said, "Why got me?" and rejected yeah. God and been upset. He could have left the church and been yeah. like, you know, forget this. Yeah, why but am I doing no, all con- this? Yeah, in the contrary, he kept on moving and pushing forward. So I think that's that for me. Like carried on to me and to like my other siblings. Yeah. So. So was there was there anyone in your family that was going to take on the the tradition of being a pastor? Was there any like conversation in the family about what that looked like? My dad wanted me to, like, I guess, you know, take the reins, take the take the ring, and also like I guess be the next generation. But for me, I was like, nah, that's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's funny because now it's just like the more that I push away from it, I feel like it's kind of like drawing me closer. Cause I mean, now I'm like super involved in like leadership and I feel like little by little, 
I'm moved, I'm kind of drifting away from like doing so much media in my church and also like in a national level mm-hmm. to more like just working at my local church, trying to figure out how we're going to do the next thing and uh, how to help the youth. Because like this year, I mean, I get I'm, I've never been a youth leader before till this year. And then I've also, I mean, I became a, a, a local deacon as well. So, I mean, for me, it's like learning all of this stuff. It's like, I feel like this is what God really wants me to do. And I feel like he's kind of like molding me and getting me ready to for the next season in, in life. But I mean, right now, in the meantime, I'm just trying to learn as much and trying to soak in That's pretty cool. a lot of, you know, knowledge. And, yeah. and uh, when I guess also my mentors and stuff like that, when they pour on me. So, yeah. Do you think that, um, so how would you, how would you describe that God's molding you and, and, and is there anything specific that you can point out? Like people that come talk to you or experiences that like, you know, when it comes to like those two, three witnesses, like, what would you say helped you to understand that maybe God's leading you down this path? I feel like my father. Okay. Uh, I think he's the number one, uh, my pastor now, my current pastor and my past pastor. So it's just like, you know, I feel like I've always had that calling, but it's just like, I feel like I've just kind of pushed it away. The reason why is because, I mean, I saw what my dad went through. So it kind of like makes me think of like, oh man, I don't want that life. Like, I don't want people to tell, like talk behind my back or like, because my dad went through uh, a couple um, splits in church. Like there was a couple of brothers that, you know. That I'm gonna keep anonymous. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't but, drop names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, they kind of they kind of just came and you know took half of the church the first time, and my dad was kind of bummed out. He's like, man, like you know, I I allowed him to like you know he he gave the leadership freedom like you know to to bring in new ideas and stuff like that. Wasn't a tyrant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Usually, right? That's yeah. interesting. But I guess people. I guess they just didn't see that and, like, didn't see my dad's vision. And, I mean, they just came and were like, this is, I'm going to take this because this is mine. And my dad's like, okay, whatever. And then down the other, the church started growing again and again. The second time, another person came and they're like, well, I'm not going to listen to my, like, to this guy. And took half of the church again. And so we went through, like, a, three, sep- like, sep- like, splits in, in our church. So it kind of really did hurt my dad. And, like, me seeing all of that and, like, when, what people said, like, through my dad's back and stuff like that, you know, kind of stays on you. Because, like, I feel like kids, like, pastor kids go through a lot of stuff. And, like, they see a lot of stuff. I can only imagine. So, yeah. I mean, I was like, I don't want that life. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of drama. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, it comes with the territory. I think that's. I think that's the... Like, for me, I didn't. I didn't grow up in church necessarily. I mean, I went to church and whatnot, but... Like, I was never, I never felt comfortable in church settings. Mm-hmm. I always felt weird. I always felt like I don't belong here, you know, those type of feelings. And I don't know why, but, like, I I imagine, I just imagine, like, the environment, it just seems kind of, like, hostile. Yeah. Like, it just seems like, it. like, with the criticism that you hear is, like, church churchgoers they're very like judgmental and if you know you don't you miss a day they're going to be like where were you and it's like this weird kind of culture that's yeah, set up I, I feel like that's that that uh i feel like that's passed on from generation to generation i feel like it's also like um has to do with our with the mexican like i guess mexican culture that we're like raised and 
because I feel like other churches are not like that. Like, you know, I've gone to like, you know, I've had the pleasure of like, you know, going to different churches and also learning from them and how they do their leadership and how they, you know, approach things. But I feel like it's just a culture thing that, you know, that we go through. And I feel like that's kind of the reason why we push people away. Mm-hmm. We have to find, I feel like we have to find a way to like, r- you know, remove that, like, I guess, barrier that's, I feel like we're still blocked in a way. Us and, versus them mentality. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like the newer generation that's coming up, like, like not me, but like the generation that's coming, like, that's going to pass me. I feel like they're going to be stuck because I feel like we haven't moved like in the apostolic assembly. I feel like we're still like living in those like years. Old school. Path. Yeah. Old the school thing. Yeah. Because yeah. we haven't broken away and like it doesn't allow growth. So, but I mean. So how would you describe your dad's leadership? Because it sounds like he wasn't, he, it wasn't about him. It, it didn't seem like he was very tyrants i guess you could say no. yeah my dad was yeah my dad was really in the mind of like you know expanding the church bringing new ideas a little bit more progressive but also keeping it like you know i guess you can say modest and like right you know keeping yeah. it like i guess he didn't want to go too crazy because he didn't want to scare other people away like people that are like a little bit more old school but he wanted to keep that balance of like okay like you know we're we're moving church but we're also, you know, we want to understand our youth. So I feel like that's what a lot of churches struggle nowadays. I feel like connecting with, with the younger adults and the younger generations. And that's how we lose them. But, I mean, it is what it how is. How would you balance, though, when it comes to, like, there's criticism. Um, what's his name? Uh, in Pasadena, I think MacArthur, right? Oh, John MacArthur? He, I heard him, like, a five-minute thing that he made, he... I guess his criticism was that there's all this, you know, music and whatnot, but they're not talking about sin and, you know, the scripture. So there was like this, it's like a conflict, right? Because he's mm-hmm. older and then maybe he's a little bit more in, into that, into the traditional, like, let's talk about sin and let's talk about redemption and scripture. So like the balance would have to be, how do you entice, I guess you could say, how do you intrigue the younger population to keep it, I guess you could say, um fun and light but also talk about scripture because it's not fun and light to go in like when you go get into it it gets pretty daunting when it comes to some of the things they're talking about Mm -hmm. or the scripture talks about how would you go about because i know you're like you mentioned right you're more on the creative side and you're you've done a lot of video and whatnot so how does that influence if you were to like manage a church and whatnot how would how would you use your skill set to entice younger probably the younger um generation while maintaining, I guess you can say the balance, the of, balance and the standard of scripture. I feel like I feel like there's time. I feel like there's you have to create a perfect structure, and also comes with your leadership. So if you if you don't have a strong leadership or a leadership that sees your vision, I feel like that's kind of the reason why where you start seeing splits or you start seeing like oh no, like I feel like everybody has to be in tune and you know see that vision that you have in order to like move forward. But I I feel like what my dad lacked was, like, picking the right people. Because I I feel like my dad was kind of more like he is brought in. He's like, okay, I feel like he's capable. But I feel like he never really tested them. And I think that's kind of the area that he needed help on or he needed somebody to help him, like, you know, find certain people. But, I mean, I feel like for me, a, a way to, like, I guess improve that is in the future from if you know if it comes to me being a pastor i feel like 
I'll find trustworthy people and, you know, from there, see if, you know, see if they see the vision, you know, talk to them, you know, and also like try to, to figure out the layout of like my demographic, who's in my church, who am I going to, you know, target and my communities. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, it all has to do, like, I feel like when you, when you're going to church plant and you're going to start a church, I feel like it all also varies in like in what community you're in. Cause you're just not going to go plant a church anywhere. And then people are going to be like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, this is our <laughs> But I feel like if, if you do your research and you find a community that's, you know, that really needs the help, I feel like people are going to come. And I mean, but there's a lot of things because like I, we see the big churches and like the big churches in L.A., like, you know, Mosaic, Hillsong and stuff like that. They're all like based off in Hollywood and stuff like that. I feel like they're bigger audience and the reason why they can, you know, do bigger things and bigger projects is because like, I mean, they're targeting certain people and like, that's how they're able to, you know, keep the church. And, but we also see how like they're, they have, I mean, freedom to do a lot of stuff. Like a lot of people like from their communities, they're like either, you know, drinking or stuff like that. And like, there's for us, I mean, I feel like the way that I was raised, I feel like you can't do that. Or like, especially if you're in leadership, I feel like, you know, you have to, you know, stay at a certain, uh, what's that word called? Kind of like the standard standards, yeah. you know, we have to have like standards, Yeah. but I mean, it is, I mean, it's like that story of Eli, you know, when, uh, when his kids were like doing bad things and like they were stealing from the temple and stuff like that. The reason why, um, you know, he got removed is because his own, I guess his, he couldn't control his own household, you know? So I feel like it's like the same thing in the church. Mm-hmm. If we can't control the leadership and we can maintain our, our leadership healthy, I feel like that's how, you know, we destroy a church or I mean, that's how we destroy our leadership, I guess. I don't know. What is it? Um, if a man can't rule over his own, his own home, he can't rule over the city, something like yeah. that, which is, it's interesting that you say that's because, because of the, well, what we're seeing in politics, especially, right? We mm-hmm. have a breakdown in our society, and I mean, we can get into that if you want to, but what I'm hearing is that leadership is so important, and I think that's what we're asking for, right? And that's some of the criticisms we hear with, as relates to Trump and whatnot, but, you know, it's it's so important that, like you're saying, we run, we run like Peterson, I don't know if, if you're familiar with Jordan Peterson, but he says when in his book he has a rule called set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. Mm-hmm. So his point is that like if you can't even clean, keep your own house clean, your room clean, like how do you expect to go out there and change, make changes and, and, and make impact in your community? Yeah. Which is basically what you're saying. It's like we got to have people who are, are accountable and are responsible and are able to like maintain order in, within their own household. So um, there was something earlier you said about your dad as it relates to like you know cultivating leadership is that would you say that's on the on the topic of like discipleship because i know we've been getting into a little more of that in bible study so i'm interested to see if if like how how would you go is that is that the whole point of discipleship right is to find the next leadership the leadership group that's going to continue on the gospel so mm-hmm. like how would what would you say is your what's a method that you that you like of when it relates to like discipleship how do you find the person that's going to take 
the church to the next level. It's going to take leadership roles. Mm-hmm. What are characteristics that you like in a leadership and in, in a leader? I feel like leadership is all about servanthood. I feel like if you if you really want to get into leadership, I mean, for me, like the way that I started getting super involved, I told my pastor, I was like, Pastor, I like, how can I become a deacon or like a local deacon or how can I, you know, be in leadership or it, and from there, I mean, he's like throwing out the trash, you know, you start off by that. Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> but I mean, that taught me a lot. Cause like, you know, it, it showed, it, it teaches, I mean, if we go back into the gospels and, and we see this, the life of, of Jesus, I feel like when he started, I mean, he didn't come here to be served. I mean, he came in a donkey. You know, when mm-hmm. he came to, to the to the town and a lot of people expected him to be on a horse and like, you know, wearing a bunch of armor and stuff like that. But when they saw him, they're like, what's this? Like, who's who's this? Yeah. But I feel like, you know, the same thing, like we have to have the same mentality. We have to have we have to have really humble spirits. And in order for us to like really be, you know, in order for us to serve our community, we have to be really humble. And we can't be like, oh, like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to throw the trash. What does this guy think? But that taught me a lot. And it got me it got me far because, I mean, I learned not only to throw the trash, but to really understand that I'm not here to be served, but I'm here to serve the church and the heart of people that need it. So, yeah. Do you think that um, backtracking a little bit as far as uh, your background in creativity and um content creation and whatnot do you think that's part of like the missing component with um today's church culture i guess with as far as church retainment or church growth um or like how you've you've already used like two or three examples in scripture where Mm. um there was examples of people and characters how they lived their lives the decisions they made how that influenced the people of god and within their own families um, you think that's like a missing component that our youth is not, they're not understanding scripture. They're not understanding the, the themes or the tones of certain stories, the characters and what they symbolized and how God worked in their lives. And it's the same, it's the same thing that's going on today. Like, how could you see, um, I know you're, you're saying that you were kind of moving away from it a bit, but as mm-hmm. far as like your background in, um, in, uh, digital creations and whatnot, like, do you, do you think that could be an avenue where our young people are a little bit better informed or a little better taught scripture? I feel like, yeah, it also has to do with like I guess the church as well because I feel like if we're if we're advancing and we're growing, like our generation, I feel like if the church is not keeping up with us, I feel like that's when we start like saying like, I'm not growing here or I'm not seeing the vision or I'm not like being used. Or um, this is too old or like too old school for me. I feel that's when we start losing our youth. I feel like that's when they start going Mm -hmm. to other places because, I mean, we don't allow that curtain to be torn. Right. Because now nowadays, I mean, more people spend their time on YouTube, on Instagram, on Twitter 
And it just seems like even more now because of like the whole uh, COVID thing. I right. mean, we're not going to church. We're using live stream. Exactly. Everybody's on live stream or, so. or a Facebook live because I mean, it's funny because now that you bring that up, it's like a lot of pastors were against Facebook or like for the a lot, time, right? yeah, for the longest time. They're like, oh, that's from the devil. <laughs> There's like, no way we can ever yeah, use that. No. Or like or even YouTube or stuff like that. Like they were so against it. They're like and they didn't believe in media. They didn't believe in like, you know. Like, like even creating an Instagram or like anything like that. They were so against it. But now, like, you know, they see the importance of like what a, what a media department is. And like, that's the language that our youth speaks in. Right? Yeah. Because it, it's social media accounts. It's who do, you, who do you follow? Who do you listen to? Like, like Gabriel and I, it's we go back and forth with, hey, did you listen to this podcast? Did you listen to this sermon or this preaching, this teaching? And there's just so many... Uh, like resources out there that mm-hmm. you're saying, I don't think our church necessarily, we haven't fully tapped into that resource. And I think that's what we lack in, and uh, not only in, and I feel like in our congregation or like in my, in the Apostolic Assembly, but I feel like that's an all thing in the Latino community right. and like in the Latino churches. I feel like we're just not, we're just stuck in, and we can't figure out what's wrong or like, but we know what's wrong, but it's just like our, Older generations are like, no, no, no. Like, they still want to, like, grab a grip of it. And they're like, like, they're not willing to let go. Like, who's our, I can't even think of, like, who's the number one Hispanic or Latino podcaster? I can't, it doesn't even ring a bell. Like, or YouTube, YouTube, you know, influencer. Nobody. That's that's something I've been thinking about. Like, when it comes to Latinos or Hispanics, I don't know of any. Because it's not like they don't have memes. It's not like my dad's always, you know, sharing with me anyway, Spanish memes and. And whatnot, and I'm always like, there's not a, like a Mexican Joe Rogan. There's not like <laughs> El Joe Rogan. What's, his, what's that guy's name? Uh, Jake Paul. Yeah. Like, there's not a Mexican. There's not a Hispanic Jake Paul. Like that's weird. It's weird that, like you're saying though, like in our culture, it's very traditional. It's very like family oriented. And I feel like it's because like, I mean, for me being like growing up, I feel like my parents were so strict that I couldn't even watch Disney or none of that stuff or like. Or even like I had I had to buy a Game Boy like a Game Boy like in the low key of like <laughs> hiding it and then once they found out like they broke it like they broke it on half so Ooh. it's just like yeah like I feel like our Latino community it's like has always been struggling I feel like I feel like when they read the Bible they read it in a literal term of like they take it so serious mm-hmm. but they don't allow their hearts to actually like what it really says why what it's yeah. saying yeah the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law yeah because earlier we were talking about um nicodemus so it's interesting how nicodemus being the the teacher of israel teacher of israel and jesus comes through and he's like did you look into it dude like you got to be reborn and he doesn't understand because he's talking about right spiritual things versus earthly things and so mm-hmm. it's just interesting how like the, the tradition of that time was so unprepared for jesus who came who came through and was like this is this is all wrong you guys are just you guys are establishing a culture around this religion versus a culture around the the holy spirit essentially it's not allowing the different talents to come through and and allow you to tap to tap into your congregation to allow the holy spirit to work through everybody versus like we're going to create the structure and everyone has to fit into this mold, and this, this, there's all these different laws and whatnot. And I think that's, I think, I mean, if we think about it, it's kind of just been the problem for for thousands of years. It's like we get stuck in our ways, right? We're all a creature yeah. of habit. 
I feel like that's that's what's been happening a lot now. We're starting to noticing, and I feel like the younger generation to come. I feel like for me, I wish that it would have it would have happened in my in my era, but I feel like you know because of us, they're gonna be able to see that finally break or like that veil to tour and and for you know for growth to happen. Yeah, and and it's okay because I mean we're the ones that are moving it forward and. And when my, I guess when my children come, they're going to be able to see that, you know, that growth of like, finally, like, I guess you can say like Moses when he finally, well, Moses didn't go inside the the new land that God gave them. But I feel like once they get to that promised land, my kids, they're going to be like, okay, now we're here. Now we can move forward. Now yeah. we can move forward and we can grow the church. I think that was a big, for me, especially being newer to Christianity and faith and just probably was since 2016, 17, I would say uh, relatively young when it comes to this. But that was a big reason why I wanted to do the podcast, too. I mean, a second reason. The first reason being because of Joe Rogan. I thought that was amazing. It's awesome. But the second thing was, like, in our discussions, I thought, where are we having these these, these type of, like, open dialogue discussions around faith and, and religion and Christianity and whatnot? So I thought... I don't know much, so why not allow my allow myself to look dumb? That's fine, but I know like Lee knows a lot more, and like you probably know a lot more than me. Uh, why not bring on these people that know what's going on, and we can just have a conversation? Because I don't think there's really a conversation being had on a like larger scale. I don't know of any. I mean, we haven't really found anybody. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's so important that we utilize the resources that we have, right? Podcasting's a, a new technology. Everyone can sit at home and listen to their Spotify and uh, podcast on Spotify. And it's like, it's it's not hard. You know what I mean? Like we're literally using three mics and a laptop. It's not, it doesn't take much. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. You know, <laughs> technology is so accessible. I mean, you can literally do so much even with an iPhone. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's limitless. I mean, li- 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 Dang, I messed up. <laughs> it's limitless. We'll go ahead and... But, yeah, like I was saying, like, you know, technology is so accessible, and I feel like nowadays you can literally go live, like, you can live stream through your iPhone, and, you know, I mean, you don't need much now to, like, really start a production in your church, or even in, in this time, like, you know, a lot of churches were struggling. They're like, man, like, how are we going to buy all this equipment and stuff like that? You don't need to. I mean, you can literally run it through your phone. There's a lot of ways to do it, and, you know... But, you know, going back, I feel like and now churches are starting to realize, like, we really need to invest in these and in, in, in media because it's a big thing. Because, like, before, like, you know, I feel like the the ones that went through it the most were, like, the churches that are, like, super old school and are super small. It's just a sound guy. That's yeah. it. One or two, <laughs> one or two guys. We have we had a sound guy. <laughs> And and they they're the ones that struggled because they're like, where are we gonna get all these people? Because they lost all the all the creativity, they lost all those you know people. They went to other churches, and I mean, fortunately, I I, I go to a really you know progressive you know church, AWE, where you know we were prepared for that change because we do um, we do minstrels and we do a bunch of other stuff with live stream. So for us, the transition was like you know super easy. You guys were COVID ready? Yeah, we were COVID <laughs> ready. We had our secret project ready. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, Matt, yeah, Jared. Jared, and then Rudy, and then our whole production with the camera people. So we were we were we were prepared. 
And like, we, I mean, like I said, we have great leadership with our pastor. So like, I think our pastor, our pastor sees the vision of the church and sees the younger people too. So I feel like that's the reason why, why we're growing as well. Shout out to pastor George Barbosa. Yeah. I don't know him, but shout out. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe I'll meet him one day. It's really yeah, cool. Maybe yeah. we can have him here. Yeah. So, but yeah. It's interesting how, um, there's like this whole media thing and like, the, like doing the podcast and like, I know you're, you do more video stuff and then I've dabbled into like photography. I'm trying to get that going. It's like, it's interesting how like in Jesus Prado doing the rugged gospel, like he's, he's going out there doing, um, cool things with, with podcasting his blog and whatnot. And you know, what's crazy ever since, you know, I feel like Jesus was, Jesus Prado was the spark in the, in the assembly because now I'm seeing a lot of people doing podcasts in our, in our community, oh, okay. which is amazing. And, you know, we should continue doing that. I feel like, you know, it just takes one person to like do the domino effect and they just kind of follow, honestly. And that's great because we start seeing, you know, people using their talents and using their ministries that people that like, they probably didn't even know they had. So I think that's, that was, you know, a good move on, on Jesus. Yeah. And I feel like, um, for I mean, bias over here, but I love to talk. So this is like awesome because it's like I'm in my I'm in my element. And I can just blabber all all day. You just day. had to pl- press record in one day. And that <laughs> yeah, was it, right? I mean, I could just I I mean, I don't want to get to that point, but I could just probably sit at home and just record myself. Like <laughs> if I get really desperate, you know. But like it's it's to that point where like, and we we're talking earlier about how people don't want to think deeply about certain topics or, or ideas. And like, I, I, it's probably true, even true in the, in the churches, you know, it's like people don't want to look into, <laughs> we're saying that a lot lately. You know, I don't know if you know Eddie Bravo. No. So he's Joe Rogan's friend. He's from Santa Ana too, right? Yeah. He, uh, he always says this look into it thing. So we always say that like jokingly, like you got to look into it. Cause he's kind of like conspiratorial, like mm-hmm. in his conspiracy theory. Yeah. Game, he's yeah. kind of like in that, you know, Alex Jones type of thing. Okay. okay. So he always says, you got to look into it, bro. So we always joke around. <laughs> now you're, now you're, now everyone's in on the secret. So yeah, yeah. like literally like when I've gone, like we've gone through like Bible studies and whatnot and like some of the things that's, that scripture has said, I'm like, what? And I, and Pastor Elisa has said like, no one ever thinks about it in the full mm-hmm. context. Cause you just, you hear the songs that you learn about in Sunday school and whatnot. I had never learned them, but I imagine it's true. You want to make it digestible for people just to like take it in. And it's like, Oh, this is what it means. Yeah. And I don't have to really look into what it's saying. And, and we equate yeah. taking you at your word as faith when right. in reality it's, it's supposed to be challenging you. It's supposed to be uh, enabling you to conform your ideas, your thoughts into the image of Christ rather than, well, this is what pastor said. So I guess I should just go down that route and just call it a day. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a, that's a big component of like digital media, podcasting, all that's gonna, I guess it's going to like shed light and it's, it's in a sense going to expose like how much, how, how important it is. Yeah. How important it is and how much you know and how you're able to partake. Uh, feeling a need, right? Yeah. Rack, void. Yeah. Because honestly, like, for us as well, I forgot to mention is that we started podcasting too in our, like our little series. It's about like, it's past it's our pastor and then his wife, they started like a podcast about dating. So like, you know, nice. it's, it's, you know, we're, we're using it. I mean, it's, and it's, I feel like it's a great thing. Yeah. It's big time. I mean, especially I, it's easy to listen to podcasts, you know, it's so like, instead of reading a you book, just, you just have to push dri- play. Driving yeah. to work, <laughs> yeah. cleaning your room. Millions yeah. and millions of people I, listen to it. Honestly, I started listening more to podcasts now 
because like before I used to listen to music or you know just put play or whatever you know Spotify made for me fly yeah but you know I started realizing when I started like driving you know on longer trips and especially you know driving to my girlfriend because she lives almost like two hours away so that's dedication (laughs) that is man hey shout out to to my girlfriend there you go Uh, but you know I started like just putting podcasts and it helped me like also find other communities and also find other people. Like I, that's how I found, that's how I started like listening more to like pastor Erwin McManus. Um, what's it called? Other uh, people. Yeah. Yes. The other people, other you people. know, yeah. I, I rounded her names. <laughs> no, but, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people on there. Like, uh, RC Sproul, some of his clips are on there and whatnot. Yeah. I listened to some, uh, also creative stuff like uh, Casey Neista, I think that's his name, and then uh, I forgot the other guy's name. Joe Smith, he's really good. Uh, he's a great, great pastor too. But yeah, man. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of opportunity, I think, and um, obviously we. It's funny because last week we were gonna we were kind of previewing today, and we were thinking we were gonna get into some other topics, but this was a good. I think it was a good intro. Good building block. Yeah, a good little building block. So we'll have to have you on again soon. Um, and then maybe get into a little bit more on some of the things that you're looking in, <laughs> that you're looking into and working uh, on. Yeah. And working on rather. Yeah. Uh, that'll be great. I think uh, we covered some some topics but I feel like, you know, this conversation just started, you know. And I feel like, you know, if you guys have me again, that'll be great. And we'll go we two can, hours. Yeah, we'll, yeah I feel easy. like we we can go five hours. Oh yeah, yeah. We've, we. I feel like I Mo- like to talk. I feel like Monica will call you. Yeah, she probably. She, I'm surprised she hasn't even said anything. It's like, where you at? You know, you have a newborn. No, I know. That's in, that's an inconvenient truth for me. I got responsibilities now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so how um is there anything you're doing right now or like like. Is there anything you want to plug in in terms of like podcasts or stuff that you're doing, or do you want to share information in terms of like projects and whatnot? Uh, right now, I haven't really been doing much, but you know, just follow my page. Uh, I have a couple of projects right now that I've kind of posted there about uh, One Day LA. Okay. So it's part of Missions Me. And you know, it's crazy because like when we. When we came back from Peru, they had, like, this big vision. But it took them five years to, like, actually, like, finally, like, evangelize here in, in I guess, in the States. Or, yes, specifically here in California. And it's crazy what they're doing. I mean, their goal is to, like, you know, reach one million hours of community service. Whoa. And also, like, reach, you know, other churches and also connect churches instead of being, you know, like, oh, you're one is church or you're, you know, that war of like, you know, of like, I guess, I get, uh, what's the thing? Doctriny. Yeah. Because I feel like for me, I, f- I feel like we're all the same. I mean, we, there's no difference. You know, I feel like we're still doing God's work and we're building his kingdom. So I feel like the more people that we can reach and evangelize and, you know, baptize, I feel like that's, you know, that's the important thing. We should, I, I feel like we lose, we, we sidetrack and we focus too much on the political stuff. The differences. Yeah. And that's yeah. the sad thing because then we dismantle one another and we're like, no, you're right. I'm wrong. Or you're wrong. I'm right. And it's just like an ongoing. Completely losing focus. Yeah. The whole point. 
What's the point of all this? So, so I feel like now, like that mission, me, like, and they started this project with one day, like one day LA. I feel like it's it's a great thing, and it's going to show a lot of churches, like you know, the beauty, the beauty of like you know, coming one. And how we can really make a difference in here in California. So I feel like when it all leads up to 2021, because they're going to meet at the Coliseum, hopefully by you know God's grace, you know we're we're going to have like a big world revival, and we're really excited for that. So, is there anything that people can do to get involved, or if they can, can they go? Yeah, they can go to One Day LA on Instagram, or they can go to uh, Mission Stop Me on Instagram as well, and you know. Just follow them, you know, keep up to date and, you know, vol- try to volunteer, honestly. Try to, you know, be part of it and be part of history as well. Yeah, I think we'll we'll have to talk after. Maybe we can get more details on that. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? Any other questions? Anything else they want to leave oh, for no. today? For right now? For right now? You know, thank you guys for having me. Yeah. It's a pleasure and, you know. I'm glad we finally did it. Yeah. It Thank took you forever. For joining us. Yeah. yeah, it took forever, but we're finally here. We did it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll see you again. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, we'll be back next week. Good yeah. night. See Good you. night.